lives. This morning, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach on when evil speaks. When evil speaks, we have a tendency to become disillusioned, discouraged. Dr. Stuart Briscoe said, Evil has many faces, but only one goal to hinder the purposes of God. Dr. William Barclay said, The Bible is never in any doubt that there is a power of evil in this world. The Bible does not think of evil as an abstract principle or force, but an active personal power in opposition to God. Satan comes to stand for everything against everything that is for man or for God. Now, the world doesn't call it evil. And I believe to this morning that's perhaps where we miss it. We don't understand their terminology. But the world does have a name for it. It's called being politically correct. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. For us older Christians, politically correctness is pretty much the opposite of everything we believe or feel. Sad to say, many of the younger generation feel that we are out of date, out of touch, and just ignorant. But what does it mean to be politically correct? It has the idea of this, conforming to a belief that language and practices which could offend political sensibility should be eliminated. Let me give you some examples of what it means. It is politically incorrect to say there are only two genders, male and female. It's politically incorrect to accept same-sex marriages. Also, it is politically incorrect to support cross-dressers reading to our four-year-olds in libraries. It's politically incorrect to stand for the rights of the unborn and to believe that all lives matter, every single one. It is politically incorrect to believe to be a flag-waving America who loves our country. It is politically incorrect to believe in the rule of law, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. It is politically incorrect to denounce anarchy and lawlessness and mob rule in the streets. 
it's politically incorrect to object when they tell you you don't need guns because you are the police while at the same time they're dismantling the police departments. It is politically incorrect to reject the idea that government has no right to indoctrinate our kids. It is politically incorrect to believe that those that can earn a living should live off the taxpayers. It's politically incorrect to question health experts that keep getting it horribly wrong about this virus. And it's politically incorrect to think for yourself, point out hypocrisy, and reject group thinking. But not stop there. It's politically incorrect to believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. It is politically incorrect to believe there's a little hell and a little heaven and a little God and a little devil. It is politically incorrect to believe that God's word is the final authority for all matters in faith and practice. It is politically incorrect to believe that the church is essential and authorized to witness and win an unsaved world. It is politically incorrect to send missionaries to foreign countries to convert them from their idol worship. It's politically incorrect to believe in discipline and in training our children and the list goes on and on and on. It's politically, just got one more. It's politically incorrect to go against those that say we don't want no mass gatherings except for protest. The hypocrisy is unbelievable. The hypocrisy. This divide between the people of God and unbelievers has always existed. It's not nothing new. There's always been enemies of truth and right and godliness. Psalms 140 makes multiple references to several key elements of these evil people. And don't miss it. It's evil. It's evil. Notice number one, their wickedness. Verse one, deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. Verse two, which imagine mischiefs in the heart continually are they gathered together for war? Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who had purposed to overthrow my goings. Verse 8. Grant not, O Lord, the desire of the wicked. 
Further not his wicked devices, lest they exalt themselves, Selah. Makes mention of their wickedness. Verse 11, let not the evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. Now it's important to understand the difference of having a different opinion about something and being wicked. It's one thing to see something different or have a different outlook. Some things we can agree to disagree about. I'm okay if we differ on sports teams. We can differ on food. We can differ on restaurants. Or we can differ on vacation spots. When we come about my opinion, or your opinion, is direct violation to God's word, that's a different story. It's no longer opinions. It's about what thus saith the word of God. We need to understand these men in Psalms 140 were not misinformed. They were evil. They were not just confused. They were wicked. They were not simply unlearned. They were wicked. Notice with me their wickedness, but notice also their warning. Deliver me, verse 1, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. Verse 2. That continually are they gathered together. What? For war. The warning. Verse 4, preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. These people are not passive, they're aggressive. They're not just promoting an ideology, they're pushing an invasion. They're not just trying to outnumber us, they're trying to overthrow us. And verse 4 gives us his purpose that they may overthrow my gods. And Sunday said in 140, they, they literally want to, to hinder and stop my moving forward for the glory of God. And it tells us in verse number 8, their agenda, to exalt themselves. Same agenda as Lucifer had in Isaiah 14. For thy said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of a congregation in the sides of the north. So we see the wickedness. We see the warring. But notice, we see the words. We must understand something. Satan's great tool is deception. And lie. He'll tell you you don't need to. He'll sit there and tell you to, this morning you need to be saved. Just don't do it today. And it's a lie. He's a father of lies. That's the words. The words. Notice what he's saying. 
They have sharpened their tongues. They're just not speaking. They are speaking more defiantly, more openly, more with more evil than ever before. See, the reality is, reality is like a serpent. Adders and poison is under their t- lips, Selah. Verse 9, as for the head of those that can pass about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Verse 11, let not the evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall not devour a man to overthrow him. So the words, they are literally, this, these, these people that speak in the evil in Psalms 140, they wasn't using bombs. They wasn't using guns. They was using the words. Right. I'm going to be very honest with you. What alarms me is, are you listening? We'll give CNN more credibility than we give, thus saith the word of God. We'll spend hours in front of a, a, a newscast and spend two seconds in this book on Sunday morning while I'm preaching and never know what God has to say. I'm a little alarmed the fact that we put so much confidence in individuals that know not God and yet we got the very word of God and we don't even know what it says. We don't even know what it says. It's amazing. It's amazing. Nurse the words. Nurse with me also the wiles. The proud have hid a snare for me in cords. They have spread a net for the wayside. They have set gins for me, Selah. Notice verse 8. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, for they're not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves, Selah. That word Selah means what you think about that. David refers to these evil and violent men of Psalms 140 as poisonous serpents and adders. Psalms 58, 2, Yea, in, in heart you work wickedness. You weigh the violence of your own hands in the earth. The wicked are astray from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born speaking lies. The poison is like the poison of a, of a serpent. They are like the death adder that stopped their ears. Their ideology and influence is deadly. And I'm not so sure it's not poison Several generations of young people. It's poisoned the colleges and halls of higher learning. Sad to say, it's even poisoned untold churches. But here this morning, I want to give you just three things that these evil speakers will do to the church if they can. Number one, 
that want to choke the Word of God. They want you, they want to literally choke the Word of God. Bible says in Mark 4, 15, these are they by the wayside where the word was sown this morning. Don't miss this. This will happen right here, right here this morning. This very thing will happen in this church. You say, what? This is it. Where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. The devil will, will move quickly this morning to steal the word of God out of your heart. Back during the turn of the century when the Reformation came and great revivals came, and one of the reasons revival came in that day was this. It's a time of depression. The preacher would preach and people would go home. There was no radio, there was no internet, there was no computer, there was no TV. And guess what? There was nothing to steal that word away. And they'd go home and they'd start pondering, meditating. Bible calls it musing. They'd start musing that word of God and it would run over and over in the heart and it would bring Holy Ghost conviction and it would bring a great challenge to their life and I want you to know many callous many many thousands were saved because the word of God was not stolen away Satan's trying to steal that word away from you right this morning I'm going to shock you I believe he does this all the time. How many love these babies around here? Boy, I sure do. Amen. That will get you focused on one of them. Still away. Everything God's got for you today. You leave smiling, saying, well, that's a pretty little fella, little girl, wasn't it? Do you see what they've done? He just stole it from you. I don't like a thief. And he stole it from you. He chokes the word of God. And here's the interesting thing. When a person has been exposed to truth, then it becomes a battle for their mind, their heart, their soul, and their will. One thing Notice what he said. When affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entered in, choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. This morning there's a battle raging. It's raging for your mind for your heart, for your soul, for your will. And that word of God is, is wanting a place. He's wanting you to hear. And he's wanting you. And, and it's amazing to me how he wants to choke the word of God. Notice, not only does he want to choke 
the Word of God. He wanted to cramps the people of God. One thing for sure and certain, God's men in the Bible were anything but politically correct, incorrect. Politically correct. I got it right the first time. God's men in the Bible was, were anything but politically correct. Joseph stood in front of Pharaoh, told him seven-year famine's going to come. Moses stood up against the entire Pharaoh and his entire court, said, God said, let my people go. And by the way, not just let them go, but we're going to do it God's way. Not your way, God's way. Elijah confronted Ahab and Jezebel for their adulterous, wicked ways. Nathan stood against David and said, Thou art the man you sinned. Daniel stood and wouldn't eat the king's meat. And he told Belshazzar, Thou wait in the balance and thou wanted, but you're going to die. John the Baptist told Herod, it's unlawful for him to have his brother's wife. Paul stood for a multiple kings and dignitaries, told them they were lost. They said he was lost. Then the most politically incorrect preacher of all was Jesus. He looked at that religious, political leaders of his days. He said, you're a bunch of snakes and vipers. You, we, we would have liked Jesus as a pastor. We'd gotten offended. A lot of us. Well, I think one of the great, great challenges we're going to find when we get to heaven is the fact we, 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 when God understands, we're going to find God doesn't understand near as much as you think he does. Matter of fact, we're going to find out he didn't understand it at all. But I tell you, a true man or woman of God will stand for truth, whether it's politically correct or not. And the pressure's there. The pressure's there. Now, right now, the potential offense is now, right now. You and I are living in a generation when the pressure's there to stand for truth and to demand to know truth. People that reject truth for popular, fashionable, trendy beliefs always put us in a bind. This is what Isaiah said to a group that this is a rebellious people Lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which preachers see not, and to the prophets prophesy not in us right things, speak in us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Get you up out of the way, turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. 
Wherefore thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. In other words, we have a day where people want to be, they, they want their ears tickled, they want to feel good, they want to leave holding up their hands while their hearts is wicked as hell. They want, to, they want to come to church and feel good about living in sin. They want to come to church and, and feel good by smoking dope, drinking liquor, hopping around, living like the devil. And I'm here to tell you, if you want that kind of preacher, you've got the wrong one. You might better hunt you another one. Amen. Because the truth is the truth. People don't want to be told if you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. People don't want to be so told about the and people, God, people don't want to be told the truth. And folks, we need truth today. More than we need anything else, we need truth. Now I'm going to tell you, you just, you just take it to the bank. You're not going to get truth from a news media. They tell you a portion of truth. And then if you've got the backbone to ask questions like, COVID cash is the highest day we've ever had. Okay? Now tell me the truth. How many was negative testing fact? Positive negative. How many of them had symptoms? How many people got sick? It's easy to throw numbers out. Yeah. But when you start saying, show me facts, they're not there. Right. They're not there. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I just blew my mind. Now, maybe, maybe it's just me. And if it is me, I, you forgive me. I, it's just who I am. They just don't make sense. You know, they, it, just don't make, it just don't make sense. The numbers, and I count one plus one equals two, right? Has that changed? Chokes the Word of God. Traps the people of God. But the soundness didn't stop there. And I praise God, I read verses one through five. And I said, the evil man is speaking. And I heard. And I love verse six. Because verse six tells me what God wants me to do. Notice, church, the word of God, craps the people of God. But notice, the conversation of the people of God. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. How many of you can say, He's your God this morning? Can I ask the question, and please don't raise your hand and lie. God's liable to give you seven your inch. No. You just raised he's your God. I'm going to ask you a question. How many is living like he's your God? 
a few. A few. We're making decisions and not going to Him about a thing. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Notice what He said. Hear the voice of my supplication, O Lord. Lord, I'm talking to you. Lord, I'm turning to you. Lord, I'm looking to you. Lord, I'm not going to CNN or a Fox News. Lord, I'm looking to you for my answers. And for oh Lord, oh God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Doesn't mean he takes us out of the battle. What it means is this. He said, I'm going to cover over top of you. It's the same ideal as a mother hen covering her chicks with her wings and protecting them. He's saying, whenever the evil man's speaking, if you'll just run to me, I'll protect you, I'll keep you safe, I'll take care of you. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked devices, lest they exalt themselves. Colossians 2, 6 and 8. As you have therefore received Jesus Christ, Lord, so walk in him, rooted, rooted, and built up in him, and established in your faith, in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. This way said. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him, rooted and builded up in him, established in your faith, and ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Here's what he's saying. You young people, you need to hear what I'm saying. You need to hear, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy of vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Show me who you're hanging around, and I can show you what you believe. Show me who spends time with you, and I can tell you what you believe. We influence one another. Amen. But I'm telling you, Paul, now David, David's not got this victim mentality. And I'm telling you, victim mentality is running rampant. Pardon me, on me. I got this, I got that, this, 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 this. It's running rampant. No, no, no. He said, I'm not a victim. I'm victorious. Now David sees two classes of people coming into God's blessing. And I love this. Those who are rejected by men, I know, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. I want you to know something. God cares about you when you're hurting. That's the reason I want that song sung. God cares about you when you're hurting. I'm not talking about you're not a victim. I'm talking about you're 
genuinely hurt. God cares about you and about how you feel. God said, He said this, I know the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. He said, those that are rejected by men. Second, He said, those that are right with God, surely the righteous. Here's how you tell you're right. Shall give thanks unto thy name, and the upright shall dwell in thy presence. There's two things that says whether you're right with God or not. Number one, it don't start with your lips. It starts in your heart. A thankfulness. This thing of thankfulness that God likes. I mean, there's just something about it. It's about saying this morning when you woke up, thank you, Lord, for that good breath of air I'm breathing. It's waking up and saying, God, thank you for letting me wake up this morning. It's looking around your house. By the way, by the way, let me just show notice. Let me just show notice. We don't know what it means to have a heart. For us, having a heart is not having what we want to eat. Having a heart is not knowing what you're going to eat. Amen? Having a heart is you don't like where you live. Having a heart is having no place to live. Having a heart is when you wake up, some people believe it's having a heart when I wake up in a few pains. That's old age. Get over it. Just get over it. Having a heart is when you cannot get up at all. Many believe having a heart because you don't like your job. Having a heart is for those that would give a million worlds to have the job you have. Truth of the matter is, we don't really have a heart. We make it harder than what it is. But we really don't have it hard. Those who arrive with God, there'll be a blissful rejoicing. They'll be thankful. Oh my. We stopped and just considered this morning all that God is. We, we sung the song, God is good. I, I, I would to God we live like God is good because He is. He is. Their actual circumstances remained unchanged. Psalmist is circumstances. Matter of fact, many believe he wrote this as a very young man while he was in Saul's courts. Saul's throwing javelins at him, trying to kill him. Circumstances unchanged, but he had a guarantee from God. That's all is well. Now here's my message this morning. Who are you going to listen to? There's a lot of voices speaking today. There's a lot. There's a, there's a lot of voices wanting your attention. But I need to ask you, are you listening to what the world's saying? Are you willing to listen to what God says? Second, where is the Daniels? 
and we put a note on the front door. Don't you worry, this note will never be there. But put a note on the front door. When the music piano starts playing, we want you to bow. We want you to bow. I wonder how many, when the music started playing, would bow. Or would somebody stand up, Pastor, why are we buying two? Why are we buying four? We're, we're living in a day that I said last week, you better know what you believe and who you believe in. Because we're living in a world that's politically incorrect. And they're demanding we buy into that philosophy. And the Bible doesn't call it political correctness. The Bible calls it evil. And when the evil speak, we need to know what we believe and who we believe in. First of all, so first of all, here's where we start. Are you listening? Do you know Jesus as Savior? I got a great story to tell you this morning. Are you listening? There's a man named Jesus went to a cross. He died. He shed his blood. Willingly gave his life that whosoever should call upon him should be saved. He loved you so much that he died in your place with you in mind. This morning, if you don't know Christ, now's the time to get saved. Right now. No time to play around. Now, I don't care if you're a church member. I don't care if you're a preacher, deacon. I don't care what your title is. That is irrelevant. Do you know you're saved? Do you know, do you know, do you know that you're saved? If you do not, I'd run to the altar. I wouldn't mess around because I believe Jesus is soon to come and come quickly. Second, dear Christian, where's the Daniels? Where's the John the Baptist? And that religious crowd said, baptize us. He said, bless God, go home and act like Christians and I'll come back and I'll baptize you. Where are those believers that'll take a stand and say, enough's enough. I wonder, are you one of those? Now, listen, you can't do that in arm of the flesh. You're, you're kidding yourself if you think you can do that on the flesh. That's going to take the Holy Ghost power that God placed in us the moment we got saved to be able to do that in these last days. But I want to tell you something. I, I love what that, the other day I heard. I want to die standing. I don't want to die. I don't want to live bowing. I want to die standing for truth. The Word of God. So here this morning, are you saved? It's all stand to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Are you saved? Do you know Christ? 